kick things off with the intro theme. You are now listening to Double Jump Radio. G'day everyone and welcome to episode 66 of Double Jump Radio. I'm your host, Abia, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, John. John, how are you, my friend? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well, thank you. I'm uh, <laughs> excited because it's, uh, it's Gamescom week. Mm. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't know. Yeah, but a lot of announcements this week. Yeah, yeah. Cover that we will be doing sparsely. (laughs) But if you if you want to learn about more uh, about all of the announcements from Opening Night Live, uh, I think Jake's working on a handy little recap of the of the stream. But before we talk about the news, let's talk about what was on the site this past week. John, we had uh, Ruby's review of. Cult of the Lamb, which I think you you had a little, uh, you had you played last, you talked about last week, um, mm. um, but yeah, three stars. Yeah, like I think she was like a bit more lukewarm on it. I mm. think a lot of people, or at least the reception I've seen of it, yeah. and I kind of get what she was saying though. Like I think something that like she meant, you know, go read the full review if you want a bit more detail, but. Um, yeah, it's like a very casual experience in a mm. way that sort of, you know, depends on what you want from the game, I guess. Yeah. So it's um, there are difficulty levels, so I'd, I'd be kind of yeah. curious to know what her thoughts are on that, but I'm not sure if that necessarily uh, solves some of the issues she has with it. Yeah. If she did try it, I don't know. But it's like casual is a good word for kind of what it's going for. And it's, yeah. Yeah, because I think the feedback, like reading through a, review was that you know it's it's got a lot of style it's it's a very kind of quirky take on the roguelike genre but there's not like people who are looking for like a hades type experience where there's like lots and lots of reasons to come like to to do multiple run-throughs like story reasons or like you know the changes in gameplay and things like that it doesn't really have the depth like that but it is a good kind of fun I think it's like 12 to 15 hours uh, maybe it's a good way to get into the genre yeah yeah it's not a bad way to put it it's like it's like I've played Hades through and I've played a little bit of Cult of the Lamb yeah like I, cause I played it a few more hours over the week over since over the last week yeah and I think something it does that's like kind of reminiscent of Hades is that it has kind of the smoothness of it you know because like that's something that Hades does very well like it kind of captures you and everything kind of flows so smoothly like as the yeah. you know play experience but that game really <laughs> latches onto you like yeah. a good roguelike does i'm not sure cult of lamb does but it's also not necessarily trying to it's kind of its own thing. yeah because it's yeah. it's like a roguelike crossover with like a light management sim as well because hmm. I, I guess i think we talked about it last week but you know you the the premise is that you are a lamb that's been saved from slaughter by a mysterious god and in exchange for your life the god tasks you with basically creating a cult or a religion to worship them and so you've got to kind of um recruit indoctrinate followers you know various animal pals and you can kind of take the you take them down the direction of evil or try to be a bit more of a fair kind of like cult so to speak so it's 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 good it's it's a good kind of like it's it's a really novel take on the genre <laughs> yeah it's yeah 
that's a good way to put it. Um, yeah. Ruby also mentions a few glitches with the Switch version, which yeah. I was afraid of, as I mentioned last week, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. I think it's, it's yeah, I think it's just another sign of the, it's time for the Switch to, you know, <laughs> be oh, replaced. Like, I, I, did, I, I literally, <laughs> like, we we had this little exchange last time. But we like, always my, do. <laughs> no, but, like, the, the thing I said back last time was that I think it, like, it's more demanding than it looks. Yeah. Which, I don't know, I guess that's always kind of true, but I don't know. Being all that that weird two D three D is probably more intense than it looks. But it's a it's, yeah. you know obviously glitches go beyond that. Yeah, because so it's it's it's, <laughs> it's it's got a don't starve like three D perspective where it's it 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 looks li- like the characters look largely three D, but they're actually three two uh, D. Sorry, but it's like a three D world. So I'm sure there's a lot of rendering stuff happening, plus all the logic with all the systems in the background. But yeah, um, I guess it, it's on Switch and PC and PlayStation, or is it just Switch and PC? I think it's. I've got it on PlayStation, so it's at least well, those three. At least those, yeah. I'm yeah. sure it'll be on everything. I think. I think it is on Xbox as well. I'm not sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, maybe one day I'll be able to find a PS5. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> one day, one day. Um, but yeah. yeah. Um, I, I I just hope that it gets. Maybe those glitches can be fixed in patches. Yeah, hopefully. So it's sold very well. I think yeah. since last week there was news that it sold a million copies. Yeah, which is I think... like Devolver's. Like, I mean, the, it's like great for. I think it's called Monster Mouth is the team yes. behind it, like an yes, Australian team, the Australian team. But it's like Devolver was first hit in a while because their last few games have not really done that well and like um because i've had a number of titles and they just kind of pass by without really doing anything what yeah but, what um, was the last kind of like devolver hit yeah i'm not sure what their last hit was um i have to go look back yeah i mean that says enough i think <laughs> yeah maybe because <laughs> like, they oh yeah because like shadow warrior 3 came out didn't really set the charts on fire. Yeah, Weird West is like I'm really excited to watch it. I play it, but I haven't. It's very expensive. Has a niche yeah. following. Inscription came out. I'm not sure if that's yes, incredible. Inscri- well, oh. Death Store might be the last one actually. That one did okay, I think. Uh, I the think one with the like little crow in yeah. Zelda like. But I think um, Inscription probably. I know. I know Inscription was definitely talked about a lot. Uh, mm. when it came out, and and obviously, I think it was Ruby's pick for, um, uh, game of the year last year, and I think right. Kate's runner-up. So, there, I mean, there are definitely fans out there for it. It's just, yeah, it didn't really. It's not what we think of when we think of like a Devolver like showstopper, or yeah, I don't like know how Trek Yomi came out to like pretty lukewarm reviews. Yeah, not a few times lately, but. Anyway, yeah, I think yeah, Trek to Yomi is just one of those games that looked better in the teaser trailer than to play it. <laughs> yeah, made a strong first impression that I couldn't really live up to. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's going to do it for what was on uh, the site over the past week. Uh, how about we take it over to the news and it's a uh, Gamescom for all the main headlines. 
Right off the bat, Jeff Keeley giving uh, Todd Howard a run for his money when it comes to like shiny leather jackets on on gaming stage. Like it was very nice, very nice jacket that he was wearing. <laughs> yeah, I think leather jackets or whatever jackets in general seem to be mandatory for yeah game yeah. conferences. I mean, <laughs> like. I'm so used to seeing him in like sports coats and like suits that I like just couldn't fathom him in like casual clothes. So I think this is a a good change of pace. I think for the who is this man <laughs> for for Mister Gaming himself? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, John. Um, maybe we'll. I guess the way we'll run this is that we'll 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 talk through the announcements or the the things that were shown, but let's. I guess we'll just kind of talk mainly, like stop and talk mainly about the things that really stood out to us, because yeah, uh, I guess some of the, some of these things aren't really new or novel. They're maybe like updates or maybe like a new trailer or something. Hey, if it's if it's super like super duper like kind of like awesome to you, definitely let us know. Uh, definitely, um, uh, I'll I'll put a link to the to the the opening night live kind of uh, like on-demand version on YouTube so everyone can watch it in their own time at home. But yeah, John, um, take us everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> take us to everywhere. Um, I, think, I think that's grammatically correct. New... Right? I'm not sure if it been... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's new game from a studio headed by Leslie Benzies. Um, he is the former president of Rockstar North. The Benz, um, as they used to call him. <laughs> Yeah, it's very much a teaser. It's just like a lot of Fortnite-looking gameplay and imagery. Lots of just general imagery and like very metaverse-y and not much else. I don't know. It's very... It's like if Fortnite was made today, I guess, maybe is the idea. Just like more modern tech and art style and I don't know. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. not sure we can have... I'm not sure any other opinion is technically warranted. <laughs> like, There's not much to... Yeah. It's very broad, and it's curious to see where, where it actually goes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, after that was the announcement of Dune Awakening. Um, this is the next game from Funcom. They're the ones who made the Conan something or other, whatever Conan that game Exiles was. Exiles? Yeah. Yeah, Exiles. Yeah. They made a few survival games. Made a lot of like a lot of like online MMOs type, type things, and Dune Awakening is also a survival MMO, just like that Conan game was. So this is also their second Dune game after mm. Dune Spice Wars, which I forget how that what that game is. Uh, I so, thought it was a mobile yeah. game. I think that was like a okay because that's what that's what it made me think of. Like yeah. the title, I wasn't sure if it actually was. Yeah, it was like like sort of like a trading like market trading game. It's like I guess it's sort of like you know. I always got the vibe of like a civilization, it. kind of like the idea of like you're fighting with other kind of clans. Um, but okay, it's a four four yeah. X real time strategy game. Okay, that's a much bigger deal than I thought it was. Oh, um, was it not on mobile? Huh. <laughs> I was, okay. I really, yeah, it really does make me think of that, which <laughs> is probably not a good thing. Yeah, I, I must say, uh, like when I saw the trailer, and I've got it up uh, here for the video uh, for people watching the uh, watching live or watching the vod afterwards. I'm <laughs> the art style is very Mad Max, like. 2016 or whatever that that game was uh that like oh, yeah. 
uh, open world game. It, it definitely has that vibe, just obviously with better lighting. The hair does look very nice in this. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I just uh, thought I'd uh, put that in there. <laughs> uh, I, I will say the only thing that really I noticed, it's not anything, whatever. The Dune Awakening trailer, I noticed like when it like comes up to the dude, with these like blue eyes, I was thinking yeah. like it reminds me of the all those like ripped trailer thumbnails in YouTube, where it has like all the like the saturation oh. turned up really high. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and oh wow, yes, I know what you mean. Uh, where it's just like there's the official trailer, and then like eight billion other like channels posting the same thing, but slightly different thumbnail. Yeah, thumbnails always make it look so much worse. Yeah, like, like, like really hyper. Professional. <laughs> yeah, because it, it's always like really sharpened and really like saturated. Yeah, that's the word, sharpened. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, well, that that's good news. <laughs> that's a, that's a good sign. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want my from my games. <laughs> yeah, but it's a, a it's a current gen only, so not on not on the previous gen uh, Xbox or PlayStation consoles, and uh, definitely not for Switch either. Right. Um, yeah, after that was the Callisto Protocol. Abia. Yeah, so this was the this is the new game from Striking Distance. Sorry, this is the debut game from Striking Distance, uh, who folks might know uh, know uh, is being uh, was co-founded by um, uh, Glenn Schofield. Glenn Schofield, who was at um, who was at EA Visceral, and also the co-founder of Sledgehammer Games. Um, essentially, this was the uh, this is the Dead Space like <laughs> game that he's making. So, a like you know, not, what a surprise that the co-creator of Dead Space is making a game that's like Dead Space at a new studio. It 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 full on has the, it's like a third person action game set in like I think like a abandoned it's like a prison colony because i think the main character is a prisoner and there's like mm. like this the space colony or the space station he wakes up on is like you know has been taken over by some sort of evil force and everyone's kind of turned into these like weird necromorph type things uh we got uh we've got to look at gameplay um which yeah definitely carries on that uh dead space uh aesthetic and also a release date um of December two, uh, sorry, December the second, which which is much sooner than I thought. I, I thought this would be like a, a next year game, but hey, considering the fact that we don't really have many AAA games coming out later this year, this could be like you know, uh, yeah, because oh, like God of War, and then this, up all the oxygen, yeah, oxygen, oxygen basically, and then like uh, a couple of months later is this, because I think God of War's end of October, right? Oh. No, it's, it's not November. November, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So give it three weeks and, and, and then you got Because yeah. I actually ran through all the games coming out this year because I wanted to make sure I knew. knew which ones I wanted to get. So and you're a professional. Like, so, you, so you're actually doing this job properly. <laughs> that, was, that was for the money I'm going to spend reasons. <laughs> not for actual reasons. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah, you're right though. There aren't too many though. Yeah. That's the thing. Like I think everything got delayed out of the... Uh, yeah. Everything pretty much got delay, uh, delayed out of like 2022 so this is one of the games that looks like it's still going to be uh making it so and it, mm. and the thing is like i think it's dosh uh josh dermel dermel i think he's the guy playing Duramel. the main character well, yeah dermel sounds like a metal yeah. but um yeah 
Yeah. yeah, like I thought it looked like him. I actually wasn't. I didn't actually follow up to see if it is him. I, I think it is him actually, because I remember seeing okay. like him doing motion capture or something. Uh, Josh Duhamel, uh, the Callisto, Callisto Protocol. Yeah, he's playing the okay. main character Jacob Lee, um, which I always get uh, Josh Duhamel mixed up with uh, Timothy Oliphant. They just, oh okay. They, I don't know. To me, they look very similar. Dermal definitely looks like, uh, not as a knock on him as an actor, but he's very interchangeable with a lot of yeah white guys his age in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's but yeah, true. but like uh, with with Protocol, like how are you feeling on it so far? Like, I I would be I would be interested in playing it, um, because I never played the Dead Space games. I think I've. I've I somehow own a couple of them by like you know, the games going for free over over the years, but I never played them when they came out, and uh, this this could be like a really cool way to kind of get into that type of game because it it does look, it, I think because the technologies move forward so much because I think Dead Space came out in like two thousand seven right so or two thousand yeah it was like very. It's like middle of the 360 generation, I think it was. Or maybe even 2010. Um, so it was like, you know, the lighting and everything now has like advanced so much that it like there's a lot more chance to have atmosphere. So I think that's going to be the main thing with, with, with this game for me personally. What about you? Mm. Um, I was thinking during this like clip, because like, I've shown gameplay before. This is like a new chunk of gameplay. Yeah. It kind of shows off a new area and stuff. And like it may... I was thinking how, because I don't think I've been especially impressed by this game so far. Not in, not in that it looks bad. Just I think it's like one thing that I felt it was missing right away. Yeah. When I saw gameplay, was that like using guns? Mm. Well, you seem to be using like actual guns, and like yeah. something in Dead Space that like is like the most striking element of it is that you're like there's gun style things. Yeah. But I think there is like a literal gun at some point in the first one, but it's like it's mostly like industrial tools and yeah. using it to chop limbs off yeah. zombies. And I was very like, it, very alien-esque. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's like it's like in Callisto, it feels like when you don't have that, what else does it have? Like I guess it feels like almost like evil within or something. Yeah. Where it's like it's kind of doing RE4, but in a where it's kind of stacking on extra mechanics in a way that doesn't really buff up what yeah. Dead Space did well. I also think that it's unfortunate Dead Space reboot is happening for the same time. It feels like it yeah. was completely designed to go, okay, Dead Space doesn't exist. There's an audience for it. We're going to get all of them. But yeah. I feel like with Dead Space remake coming out soonish, because I think it's coming out early next year. Yeah. I've actually checked. I, th I think um, it's due next year. Yep. Yeah. It's like that feels soon enough that I, w I could wait, which is to see which is the better one. <laughs> Oh no! I think it's like even well, it's a bad reason, but it's well, like I know I with? like Dead Space. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's, like, it's kind of different, <laughs> but it's like I'm I'm very curious to see how it turns out. A lot yeah. of people are excited for it, and I want to see how they react to it. So yeah, yeah, that'll be um, yeah, because it's it's coming from Crafton, is being sorry, published by Crafton, which I don't think is part of the Embracer Group, but I could be wrong. But it's not like. I don't know if it's, it, it certainly looks very nice, but I don't know if it's like a, 
got the budget of like a Dead Space, which is you know backed by EA. <laughs> so it'll yeah. be interesting to see where and, how it compares. Really, if they don't have that sort of budget, they've done a pretty good job of masking that mm. problem. <laughs> yeah, and th- that's the thing. Like, um, the thing in Dead Space One was that like you're basically like a miner, so you you're like a space engineer. So you've got like I think they call it like the plasma cutter or whatever it was. Like it's literally like a mining tool that you've kind of using to like fight off these hordes of like zombies basically so that was kind of cool that was like a very novel thing and it was one of those first games where there was like no HUD like all the information you need was like on your character or in the world um, yeah so yeah it oh, it's a, one other thing because yeah. I was mentioning like layering on mechanics it, like yeah. within I was thinking it's like there's like in the game in the clip shown it shows the character, like the player crouching down into like a stealth stance. Yeah. I was thinking like, wait, like why they added this as well? Like, cause that, that just reminds me of last of us, which, you know, and like also every other game that has stealth crouching. Yeah. But, um, I was thinking it's like, man, that's a, exactly what dead space doesn't have. That really works for it is the idea that you're always exposed. Yeah. And like, it's all like RE4 or, or Resident Evil in general. doesn't really have stealth in it. Yeah. And, um, it's just like, you're just out there and they know you're there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it just felt like, like I mean, it's definitely going to be different than Dead Space, which yeah. I guess is a good thing. So yeah. I don't know what I'm complaining about. <laughs> but uh, you're right. Like this is, um, I think that's always the, like, yeah. I think that's the thing that made, like, that definitely is a thing where it's like, you, you're not trying to shoehorn stealth into it. You're just like, the monsters know you're there, and now it's just a matter of you managing your your resources managing your you know your space uh and managing the limited kind of like tools you have to fight against the threat and that's where the tension comes from rather than mm-hmm. being like oh they're gonna spot me or you know like i don't know it's that's that's definitely like a more organic sort of tension i think i don't know that i think that's is that maybe what you might be referring to <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, but it's like I don't know. Saying all this stuff out loud, it's like, man, I'm just complaining about not and like. I feel bad because like I might as well just wait until it comes out and we'll yeah. see how it is. See how it is. It feels like I'm judging it too early. So I'm, uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe. Yeah. I want to see how it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, next up we had the Lords of the Fallen, which, uh, if you're wondering why I said the, uh, it's because it's a reboot. Uh, which apparently that's all you need to do nowadays is just put the in front of something and it becomes a reboot. So Lords of the Fallen was like the PS4 Bloodborne like like well it was oh, like a Souls like right? yeah. yeah. It was like a Souls like game. So this is um a reboot of that game because I think people I think it had promise but I think it just fell short. So I think that's why Clearly, apparently, there was enough there to be worth, like, kind of reworking, but not enough to, like, I don't know, <laughs> call it Lords of the Fallen 2. So, it's weird. It's a weird, very weird situation. <laughs> yeah. On the yeah. Steam page, it says it's got an interconnected world that's five times larger than the original game. And I'm not sure what else. Which is funny. Which... Which I always find funny because it, when you say the original game, it makes it sound like it was like a long time ago. 
<laughs> I don't know why in my head it's like when I think of reboot, I yeah. don't think I, maybe this is like a. Do you know what this is like? Suicide Squad versus the Suicide Squad situation, where it's only been a few years. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But at least those were like very different. Though, yeah. Like, confusing enough still. But yeah. This one is like. Yeah, it's gonna. I don't know. I guess like not enough people really remember Lord of the Fallen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah, that's so, part of it. Oh, it's like oh, yeah. we might use this title again. Yeah. But yeah, we'll 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 see. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, moving on to, woo, yeah, bye bye. Um, another Australian made game, SMG Studio. Mm-hmm. Um, expected next year ish, which I think is the official wording. And yeah. um, we'll have cross plot cross platform multiplayer in it, which I'm guessing is new. I don't think that the original one had that. I don't think it did. No. Yeah. Um. The announcement of Dying Light 2's first DLC expansion, Bloody Ties. I think it's sort of Gladiator-themed. I'm not sure if there's... I don't know. I'm kind of curious, because we'll talk about it in a little bit with Dead Island, but I'm kind of... like Dying Light 2 kind of fell a little flat, I Mm. think, generally. Yeah. And I don't think it will have the sort of, like, ongoing revival... And, or not over revival, like Dying Light One just did very well, and then it just kind of continued getting support. Yeah, sales over time, and this one's like it's hard to see it happening this time. But it definitely didn't have the same impact as the first game for sure. Mm. Um, but after that was the new Destiny expansion. Yeah, yeah. So Destiny Two Lightfall, which is uh, the next, I guess, expansion, which is coming in early next year. So. Uh, I guess important things to note is that it takes place on Neptune, which is a, a destination, a location we haven't been to before. Um, and you're dealing with like basically, okay. <laughs> so apparently there's a, there's a whole, there's a, there's like a city on Neptune of like people that ha- have somehow we've missed throughout the entire Destiny franchise. They've just, they've just been doing their own thing. They've developed their own way. They And they've got their own kind of like neon city. So, the basically, <laughs> the thing with this expansion is that you've got a, a new subclass, which is called Strand. It's green. It's using darkness, which is like the evil magic in the world of Destiny. And essentially, it's like the cool subclass because you can like grapple everywhere you know you know you've you know you've made it when you you had a grappling hook and basically with this you can just grapple out of thin air <laughs> like, feels like a <laughs> feels like an odd application of the darkness magic or whatever yeah yeah <laughs> and, and essentially what the the plot is that callus who's the kind of the the emperor of the the rhino like cabal race uh, has essentially embraced the darkness and imbued, I guess, created like these abominations using the darkness um, with the help of this character called the Witness, which is kind of like the agent of the darkness, which is kind of like the big bad. Apparently, is the one who's been like kind of pulling the strings throughout everything because obviously there has to be a villain like that. Um, so you're basically like you dress up as ninjas with grappling hooks, fighting weird abominations in a neon city. It's it's like it's very undestiny like destiny. It's it's yeah. It's it's a very weird <laughs> like considering how serious destiny takes things 
and how um how should I put it like you know like the previous like last year's expansion challenged everything we thought about the the traveler which is like that like kind of the god that gave us all the powers to survive like kind of challenged who they were the one before that uh you know it taught us the you know uh like you know the darkness can be something that we can use to our advantage uh you know the the, the there was civil wars uh the they touched on like kind of racism they're like you know themes of loss themes of there's a lot of things in destiny and then it's like okay now we're just going to go uh, 80s neon grappling hooks and it's just like dumb <laughs> so <laughs> i don't know how to it, it's it's a very weird thing like obviously i don't know i feel like it always gets me like i always end up pre-ordering i always end up getting it because i don't want to miss out on stuff but i don't know um it's uh, i'm just i just feel always disappointed because there's not much happening to the multiplayer which is the part that i really like because like i don't have uh, i'm not the type of person that can that has the like a regular time to game where I can set up time with people to do a lot of the co-op activities. So it's just me kind of doing multiplayer and that hasn't really changed in many years. So that's kind of the, the annoying part, but we'll see. Maybe there'll be more announcements coming in the next, I guess, six months before the, the next expansion comes out. But yeah, uh, yeah, we'll see. That's all I can really say. <laughs> yeah. 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 So Lightfall comes out 28th of February. Yep. So it's a bit away still. I, I was yeah. kind of thinking it like has have they made any like major additions to multiplayer? Nope. Like, like I mean, it's like like oh. when was the last time? Uh, probably when Destiny Two launched. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't think of any like of big multiplayer changes really. Uh, oh, right. I, I think the main thing was um, oh yeah, I guess the main difference would have been like a couple of years into destiny 2 where they went back to having randomly generated weapons rather than like all weapons having preset attributes like they all had the same like kind of roles so you had oh it has this perk that perk combination and that's just set you have this weapon it's just how it's going to be whereas now people are always hunting for the right for the the weapon with the right mix of attributes to give it you know extra range or extra stability or uh faster reloads and things like that so i think that was the biggest change but the thing is like we haven't had a map a new map in years right so yeah like that's such a big deal when it comes to gaming and i think that's like maybe that's the issue with halo as well that there hasn't been like a big change in that so yeah it's, it's just it's it's why i'm still hunting for a new multiplayer shooter and I don't know, maybe Battlefield bringing back classes will be that, but who knows? Mm. Yeah, when, when you say that, it's like I feel like you should give up on the promise of new multiplayer in Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> I should, but there's just something yeah. about it because the the world of it, the lore of it, is so cool, and it just kind of draws you in. And and because the core, like, yeah. do you get much out of like knowing that? Like, I'm not saying there isn't. I'm saying it's like. Do you get much exposure to the lore stuff through the multiplayer? No, not really. No, okay. No. I thought there might have been like extra things. You yeah, like whenever there's a new season, like the, the new season that started yesterday, yeah, as of this recording, that kicked off, which is going to be the season for the next like three, I think till December, 
Yeah. So the the season of content for the next three months is pirate themed. <laughs> <laughs> so the the bad the villain from a couple of expansions ago, she was frozen in ice and now she's been thawed out and she's up to no good, stealing ships and you're causing trouble. So <laughs> basically she's she's just being a pirate. So our job is to go there. And the and the main activity like the main theme around this is like pirate based loot and stuff. So yeah, that's um that's that's destiny for you. <laughs> okay. Uh but yeah. Uh speaking of, you know, unremarkable things, uh the next uh game on this list is Sonic Frontiers. <laughs> I know it's a bit harsh, but realistically, I mean I, I don't know. I, I I've got the we basically got a, a a new trailer for Sonic Frontiers, which is the open world ish uh, new 3D Sonic game. Uh, which, depending on the system, looks anywhere from oh, looks like decent to looks very blurry. And essentially, we get introduced to the the villain in this uh, in Sonic Frontiers, which is basically a a Funko Pop with red lights around her. Um, challenging basically sonic and i don't know it's cool like seeing like the 2d 3d mix of gameplay but i don't know like you you think that there'd be i don't know considering the the stable of sonic characters like i don't know maybe there'll be a new you'd think there'd be like a new vil like a villain maybe a different take on an existing villain but yeah i don't know yeah you know, yeah i guess it's a little better than just another version of sonic yeah is it? I'm not sure. Maybe. I don't know. Like, looking at it, like, the... And, like, the villain's army is, like, these, like, kind of geometric kind of robots. And they kind of look like... Uh, uh, was it, like, Guardians? the bad guys? Like, the the enemies in, like... Like, a, like, a, like Buzz Lightyear. Like, the, like... Oh. Like, what you... What... Oh, Buzz Lightyear, not the movie, but, like, in Toy Story. You know, like, those kind of very, like, pointed... I don't know how to describe it, but it's it's a very weird uh, set of enemies that you're fighting, which mm. yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I want Robotnik because he's a very like iconic villain for Sonic. Yeah, you, you'd think with like a big change in um, gameplay, that would go for more of a throwback feel. But yeah. I know I know that's wrong not to, but it's <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think this game's looked particularly impressive since announcement. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of sick of it. Like, I was about to say, it's like, are we drawing the negativity out of each other? <laughs> maybe. Like maybe. We are. Yeah. But, um, I mean, yeah. And then we, we had a brief look at Under the Waves, which is a new game from Quantic Dream. Uh, I think it's published by... Oh, yeah. it's That's right. It's published because um, it's like you're an, you're an underwater explorer. There's no uh, shoehorned in uh, like mo morality <laughs> questions or like, you know anything like that. So that'll be uh, that that was the next kind of game that was shown off. But uh, Moonbreaker that that's that was that was another title that stood out to you. Yeah, so Moonbreaker is developed by Unknown Worlds. They're the developer of Subnautica, and this is a very different game from them so mm. it's a turn-based strategy game it's like specifically a tabletops game like everything about it is designed as a tabletop experience so everything is a little static 
figurine or like sort of paper craft style like maps that yeah. you're playing on um yeah like the only like new addition is like sound effects and voice acting and as well as like you know computer a like you know being able to use controls and not yeah. use it physically um but it's yeah like it's, there's been some detail in it since it was announced so it's like they're actually trying like the goal of it is to emulate a tabletop experience so yeah. the figurines and the environments are like civically meant to look like the kind of paints and resin and such like the materials you use in tabletop stuff yeah. which i think is very cool except you can actually customize it easily you know like yeah. customize figurines just colors and i don't know lots of cool stuff yeah either way it's extremely like it's a quite a departure from Subnautica. Mm. yeah considering that was the last two games i've been made <laughs> yeah uh, uh, like for me i would be really like this is uh, uh it's like a I really love this idea. Like, I don't know this. I love... the My favorite part is the part where you can just, like, just paint figurines in the game. Like, just give me that. Like, <laughs> imagine, like, a... I would love it if they had, like, this was, like, the game that you had on your, your PlayStation or whatever, and you had an iPad or mobile version of it where you could just do all the painting on the go, and it's just, like, a therapeutic thing you can just do in bed, you know, while you... Yeah, that would be great. That would be, like, a cool thing, but, yeah. I'm sure that app exists, but like having something then then kind of you can transfer into your game would be really cool. Mm. It's like a um, toys to life you don't have to spend money on. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. But I mean, if it's anything like real tabletop, uh, you know you're going to be spending thousands of dollars. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, so Moonbreaker is launching on 30th September this year, so not far away. But it'll be launching mm. in early access for yeah. you know, a good period of time. So, um, and on Steam, it says that this early access period will be roughly one to two years. So it's a very yeah. different situation. Oh, actually, I think Subnautica might have been early access. I think it too. was as no, well. Yeah, because yeah, I remember that. that very early on, very being very basic, and then kind of growing in scope, and then becoming like this cult kind of favorite. <laughs> right. Um, after Moonbreaker was the kind of a more full reveal of lies of p which is a game that was announced some time ago but i think this is our first really good look at it yeah um i think the best description of it is bloodborne across of pinocchio that's yeah. very literal too. it's like literally about like the story of pinocchio yeah and it looks like bloodborne very much. like i mean if you can't think of a new idea why not go into the what is it? Want to go go to the public domain and then pull some liter literary work from that? <laughs> That's something we don't have to pay for. Um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, starring. I think it looks quite fake. Nice, starring like Final Fantasy, uh, like a Final Fantasy version of Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> That's what the main character reminds me of. <laughs> Uh, but it's like um i was like i was it like looks cool, surprised man. by how good it looks mm. like it looks very like very polished and very like it looks like if they went in with the goal of emulating bloodborne or just yeah. that kind of overall style like you know it isn't they aren't the first bloodborne wasn't the first game to have a victorian era yeah. aesthetic but it really it is very reminiscent of it and yeah because it's it's, 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 it's like it, yeah. it's like um bloodborne Pinocchio and like Bioshock Infinite had like a baby. Like this is 
Like there's, <laughs> there's a kind of a mix there. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's not a bad ingredient list, I think. Mm. But it's um, yeah. So I'm not sure. Like I'm not sure what to think of it yet, because I, I don't think it's by. I'm actually not sure who it was developed by. Uh, I gotta add the impression they were made by Neo, a no. developer who hasn't really made anything before. Yeah, uh, let me get the, let me sure. let me look that up while you talk. Uh, um, NeoWiz is publishing it, but it is from. Uh, Round 8 Studio and NeoWiz Games. Round 8 Studio. Have they... Oh, so they're South Korean. I don't know what else they've made. Okay. Bless Unleashed, which I have no idea what that is. Hmm. Okay. But Open World uh, Online Game. That... Mm, I don't think lots of played. research in real time on yep. this podcast episode. Um, yeah, it's... But either way, it's like, I'm not sure what to think of it yet. Like, I feel like should i be excited for this yet or is this very much a like i don't know it's early days anyway i don't think it's got a release date yet at all mm. so it's like you know it's probably a good idea to remain um has like you know hesitant or whatever yeah but um anyway so lies of p is set for release next year and apparently it's it's also coming to xbox game pass on release as well huh. so it's there's plans in place so yeah, and we and we have seen gameplay, so it's not like it's you know. Yeah, it's yeah. It's not like it's like a CGI trailer or something. It looks like it's gonna be real. Yeah. <laughs> um, after that, Homeworld Three got its first gameplay footage. Um, scheduled to be released early to mid twenty twenty three. How is this game not out yet? <laughs> yeah, I think that like I think Homeworld being somewhat like I like uh. Because I was not aware of this franchise before Gearbox snapped about snapped it yeah. off, and then, like, I think it's just kind of I'm so unaware of it, and it's also like a PC centric franchise as well. Yeah, so that's just kind of its own little zone in my mind. Yeah, that it's like I think when they released the remasters or remaster of the first or second, I actually don't know what it was now. It's been no, a it was a uh, first and uh, number one and two, right. And then, um, um, and then, like hardware shipbreakers was like, kind of a game that was like meant to be. It was like a homage to those earlier games, and then I think it became, and then I think Gearbox also acquired that, and then they got the Homeworld license. So it's like, it's 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 a very weird um pedigree there. It's a weird history with that um franchise. So yeah, yeah. The other thing like I know it. about <laughs> is that it's had like pretty ugly um like rights contesting yeah in the last few years or so so yeah. it's got it's it's got a story behind it mm. anyway that's coming out next year um first look at the game um after that was first look at the expanse the telltale game announced some time ago based mm. on the show slash book series um which i think it's like i'm not sure if it's our first look at a new telltales game since they came back together might I mean, not be actually th this and the Borderlands game, yeah. Um, right, right so that. yeah, because like, let's be honest. Um, I should put it like Telltale Games, for all intents and purposes, was like basically closed down, and then it's just come. It's it's been revived, and so we're getting the. Uh, uh, how should I put it? The um, the adventure game, kind of like. 
premise of the Telltale games, kind of, you know, The Walking Dead and stuff, but and we're getting that kind of simplistic art style, but it looks like it's a newer engine because that, I think that was the um, biggest, uh, like, limitation with those Telltale games is that they were pumping them out so much that I don't think the engine could keep up. Even if the game, even if the, the stories and stuff were there, I think as they got more ambitious, they didn't, um, I don't think they could really keep up the quality and that I think eventually hurt Telltale as well. Yeah, I think another thing was like the license agreements ended up hurting them. I know yeah. that that whole situation. I remember reading about it when it happened, and they just collapsed in on themselves very yeah. hard enough that they couldn't survive. So it's, yeah, yeah, it, it's still nice. Like it's kind of a nice. Rem every time I reminded they exist, and I was like, oh, that's that's nice. <laughs> like they they got their jobs back. They're making games they want, and yeah. that dude who messed everything up isn't there. So that's nice. That's always good. <laughs> yeah. um, after the expanse was. The announcement of killer clowns from outer space this is the next game from the developer of the friday the 13th games mm. who's developed whose name i forgot actually I've, uh, should look, uh, anyway it doesn't matter oh. but it's like i seem to lay up asymmetrical multiplayer game um just like friday the 13th and a number of other horror um properties yeah. like adaptations um Ilphonic. Gun Media is the publisher. Ilphonic, yes, Ilphonic. Yeah. Um, yeah, which it's like a very out of left field sort of get, like project product to, like project to create at all. Because like I think Killer Clouds has started something of a revival in the last few years, as I understand mm. it. I have a friend who's like a very big fan of it. So it's like another B movie horror oh. franchise. I'm guessing this. I'm guessing this one is like sort of easier to keep a hold of compared to friday the 13th which they eventually gotcha. lost the rights to yeah um and yeah otherwise i don't know i, I kind of love that it exists i love yeah. games like it. it's you remember like we mentioned it before how like rockstar did the warriors <laughs> yeah it's like what a weird thing to exist and i'm yeah. glad this also exists and that was like even that like because that was like what 2003 or something 2002 2003 like really it was like like 30 like almost 30 years after the original movie so just like but it was so there was like and, and there was like there was no re-release there was no like yeah. reboot or something that they could tie in with they just like oh fuck it we we want to make a game about the warriors <laughs> and nothing came of it either it's like nothing yeah. was leading into it and yeah nothing ended up out of it <laughs> yeah it's not i don't think there's even any like good blu-ray release or anything because i think i think i remember looking into it because it's got like two versions one with like dumb comic book effects laid on top of it and what? one without it yeah i know it's like you know like they'll have like you know punching sound effects and stuff added to it in the director's cut or something wow and it makes the like as i understand it it makes the movie quite a bit worse and it's just like i don't think you can get a blu-ray one of the original version without it anyway it's a kind oh. of a mess my point is that the worries this is like in this weird like you know corner of <laughs> film history that it can't get out of and this game didn't make it any help like didn't help <laughs> much more yeah Huh. Um, weird. That is yeah. so weird, man. <laughs> after um, after Killer Clowns was a new trailer for Gotham Knights, which I think is I think it was delayed to twenty twenty three the other week. Yeah, this is the um, one that's coming from Rocksteady, right? No, it's coming from uh, Warner Brothers oh, Montreal. It. Yes, yeah. it's the other one. Oh, I always get that confused. This and the uh, kill that was no, it. Kill the Justice League. Rocksteady in a second. But yeah. the new trailer kind of highlights the Suicide at least Squad. three of the main villains, which I assume yeah. will kind of make up the three gangs, aside from 
the Court of Owls. Yeah. So I'm guessing there's going to be four factions here. Or I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah. Clayface didn't look like he had goons, actually, now I think about it. But it'll have Dr. Freeze, Harley Quinn, and Clayface. I don't think yeah. Harley Quinn is being voiced by Tara Strong this time. Oh, I mean, really? She sounded different. But okay. I'm, I might be very off base there. Um, but she seemed like a different incarnation. She felt like someone... Who, like, I think this... My read of the trailer, which, again, could be very wrong, was that she, this Harley Quinn seemed more in, like in line with her psychiatrist background <laughs> to me. Yeah, she's good. She's holding Gwen. a clipboard. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I like the idea of her being more of a mastermind. That feels like a nice take on Quinn just as a different... That's true. Uh, Especially because the movies haven't really... I don't know. The movies haven't really treated her as much of an intellectual <laughs> despite her being yeah. like a doctor like literally yeah, they kind of lead into it yeah. sometimes but mm. yeah it's very off and on um yeah also i did want to now like oh this is like a very tangential but i remembered as i was like thinking about this trailer and i was thinking i was like oh that's right rocksteady is making suicide squad still and that also reminded me that that one's based on the arkham universe for some reason and this one isn't this one's set in its own little version of dc Oh, okay. Which is very so it's confusing. A... Um, so let's see. Do, 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 do. I'm sorry, I was trying to find. Yeah, I can't find the voice actress for um for Harley Quinn. Weird. Ah. Oh, let's see. Wait. Uh, give me a second. Okay, let's see. Who's the voice actress? Sorry, you, you keep going. I'm gonna okay. try and find this. Um. Imdb. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, but I was thinking about how Suicide Squad is based in the Arkham universe, and I guess like I was thinking, I was weirdly very excited all of a sudden for the idea that that version of Batman is gonna be the Arkham version, and I was thinking it's like, oh, oh, that's kind okay. of a neat follow up, I guess. I mean, it's not that interesting, but I, I kind of just connected the dots where it's like, oh, that one's actually like that version of evil version of Batman, or maybe you just team up with them. I don't know in the Suicide Squad game is going to yeah. be the one we know, which is like, oh, that's weird, but exciting in a way that it probably shouldn't be, mm. if that's meant to be a selling point. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't find uh, a voice actress for the Harley Quinn in this in this uh, Go in Gotham Knights. Ah, that's all right. Um, after the new trailer for Gotham Knights, there was a new trailer, gameplay trailer for Warhammer Darktide. This is a new game from Fat Shark. They're the mm. ones who developed the Warhammer Vermintide game. So this is the Warhammer 40k Dark, Dark Tide. Yeah. Uh, which is... Uh, which, had yeah, a, so, which was really like... I think got a really good reception when it was first teased. Like when it was first announced a couple of years ago. Um, yeah. Because mm. it was like a very spooky, very horror um, kind of like atmosphere when it was first shown. And it yeah, it's, it's like... <laughs> I mean, I love the fact that it's it's literally got tied in the name again, which uh, I think is like pretty. Uh, oh, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like a good homage. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, yeah, it's a good way to do it. Um, and after that, oh, there was a short teaser for the finals. I think it seems. I think it's a first-person shooter. The teaser is. I don't know. I've, I've I don't have any other information on it. I should, but I found it very stylish in a way that really captured my attention more than most teasers i felt yeah more than everywhere did assuming it well every yeah that's what it's called um more than like considering it kind of went for the same vibe of presumably like a large-scale multiplayer shooter yeah maybe 
maybe not. Um, it's first person. Oh, oh. Maybe <laughs> this is my shooter. Oh, Steam playtest starts soon. Okay. All okay, right. Let's go. Ah, uh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gonna spend more money immediately and um no, i guess it'll be free yeah because <laughs> like that's the thing like nexon also announced okay okay before before we move forward so nexon a couple of weeks ago this is something uh that i somehow missed but i just realized is happening soon is that um uh that there's a thing called uh a game that nexon announced uh, so nexon the south korean publisher that's like also like quietly becoming its own sort of 10 cent um is uh d- announced the first descendant which is basically it's like destiny but with more colors on modern with a modern game engine but third person <laughs> and and very like anime aesthetic like like the, even the way the faces look and everything like that but it's third person so therefore i cannot play it and i hate that kill me um, oh I, I don't think i ever knew that yeah so it's third person so <sighs> anyway um but it does look cool this looks like this looks cool and the fact that it's first person is really what's doing it for me i get i can't do third person when it comes to a lot of ga- I, I don't know. I feel like third person I can do like for single player. Or just like I get I, I get motion sickness from a lot of third person games. Like oh. I used to get that a lot from like Assassin's Creed because I think it was a lot of like moving around. For some reason in in first person I have no issues. I don't know if this is like common to a lot of people, but I know for me that um I I I used to get very like kind of ill, and now mm. like I feel very um like queasy and stuff but now i realize like part of that's also because back then i never used to take breaks i would just be staring at like a bright screen for like you know yeah hours but yeah <laughs> yeah anyway <laughs> this this looks cool uh so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it right um and kind of lastly this is like this is a very short summation of all the announcements in game at gamescom's opening night mm-hmm. you can find the rest on double jump quite soon mm-hmm. so it'll be a list a yeah a full summary if you want to go check out some other games announced but to wrap up um was the re-announcement of dead island 2 <laughs> re-announcement yep. yeah i'm not actually sure what you call it i guess it's a re-announcement yeah the re-emergence um, i don't know what to say the resurrection yeah yeah <laughs> um that'd be on point on tone yeah, yeah. theme um, reanimation yeah, so, of <laughs> yeah um it is now being developed by Dambuster Studios, the developer behind Ham, home, developer behind Homefront: The Revolution. So, um, yeah, you know, and, everyone's favorite, um, uh, you know, first-person shooter franchise. <laughs> yeah, it's got like the Revolution's got a bit of a following, but it's still, you know, not incredibly. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, Dead Island Two was first announced in 2014. This is the first time it's been officially shown <laughs> off again yeah. since. Probably about 2014. Yeah, yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. It's had a, a very turbulent development process. So several studios, several versions in general. This one's still it, but yeah. the fact that it's still it's still got the same premise, though, of Dead Island but in LA, which yeah. 
the kind of the teaser trailer kind of sold me on it yeah <laughs> i just realized like you know kind of go inside like playing dead island except it's modern visuals and technology and all that and you're also just yeah. kind of roaming around la going inside rich people's houses as you're getting attacked by dead rich people and stuff and just all of those kind of like you know personalities it's like oh that actually is very enticing to me yeah and it's very like um it's 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 this trailer ver like reminds me a lot of um the original dead island. remember the original dead island cg trailer where yep. it was like played backwards and it was like you know the reveal of the girl oh, that one. Yeah. yeah no she was a zombie then she turned back like you know it was kind of like replaying it yeah. uh, like you know her parents threw her out the window it was it was a really cool idea and this this i think this is a cg trailer as well um oh, definitely yeah yeah it, it's kind of evocative of like kind of, it's got that sense of style it really does pique your interest um even though it is starring fake lenny kravitz <laughs> maybe but it's like it's like it, it is he does remind me of kravitz because the I guess because the haircut and the, the, the nose, re yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's um, very, otherwise, I think it's yeah. yeah, it's probably a bit reductive. But it's like yeah. it's um, yeah. I'm actually I don't know. It it kind of like yeah, because I was like mentioning it earlier with Dying Light, and it's like Dying Light Two just didn't really take off the way the first one did. And yeah, I think Dead Island Two feels like it's reminding me why I wasn't like, or well, not reminding me necessarily, but it's like. I feel like it's a, it shows that there's like room for another one because Dying Light was a successor to Dead Island because it was made by the same developers. But I, yeah, um, yeah, it was Techland, yeah, who made um yeah that's right Dying Light two and uh, one and two and Dead Island one, um, but yeah, and it's like um yeah, but they added you know parkour as like a main gameplay mechanic and a day night system that had effects on the zombies themselves and the zombies yeah. were fast yeah. now it's like slow zombies and you can't really move around that quickly which yeah. is like it's a very different sort of you know it's like so I, I read a preview about it and it's like it kind of reminded me it's like oh that's right this game works very differently in mm. a way that is alluring in its own right to me yeah so it's, and um, I, I I just I just hope that uh, so this okay so Dambuster Studios was formed out of Crytek UK which was shut down the same day that um this that Dambuster Studios basically took over the development of Homefront the Revolution um so like Homefront the Revolution itself was like I think Crytek got the rights to it from like another developer that I think didn't do too well because I think Homefront the first Homefront game or Maybe there was a sequel as well where it was like a THQ game. So we, no, that was definitely only two. Yeah. You're right. That yeah. was like the first one and then that was Revolution. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's it's weird. Like, it's like another salvaged kind of project. And now, now the funny thing's happening again, like this is happening again, where it's like, it's the studio that's being tasked with completing the development of a, of a title that has been fledgling for years yeah. <laughs> with another developer. Uh, and yeah, I, I just hope that, um, you know, things work out well here that, you know, we want the game to be good because yeah, I don't know. It, it looks cool. Like the whole idea of, um, like, I don't know. Do you think it'll do the Romero thing where it's like commentary on, you know, capitalism? 
I like it. Yeah, I really like I that hope kind so. of stuff. But yeah. it's like, um, oh yeah, I did want to say it's like I really would love if there was still somehow an um, obvious Australian presence, like in the the first Dead Island. Because remember there was like a lot of accent, like because I think it was yeah. kind of set in Bali. But yeah, like a, like so a, it, it was definitely a, a luxury, like some sort of resort island that where things went wrong. Yeah, but it's like yeah. it had like a, a, I thought it was like Cuba, I but I could be wrong. Um, I thought it had like a number of Australian actors in it, and just like that, like Australian accents in general were like very prevalent. That, you know, that's my memory of it. Whenever, whenever cheap voice actors are required, I feel like Australian voices tend to end up in those projects. Like that's what happened with the first Halo. <laughs> Oh, right. And that's what happened with like the Star Wars movies. <laughs> the, okay. I mean, the, the Dead Island takes and, yeah. place in 2006 on the fictional island of Benoit, a lush tropical resort destination located off the east coast of Papua New Guinea, just ah, north gotcha. of Australia. Okay, so I was that right. makes sense. That makes sense. So where's this one set then? Because if it's Dead Island, well, it's like, it probably set in LA, but that's not an island. What? LA is yeah, not an not. island. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, it's like, I was thinking of Florida for a second. It's like, oh, wait, that's on the island. But, yeah, um, but like, you know, something off the Florida Keys. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's technically the third. That's right. So, that, yeah, Dead Island Riptide. Fuck. That was the yeah, one. Yeah, because I think was, that's the one yeah. I played. But I yeah. think it was like more or less the first one again. It's sort yeah. of like, yeah, one of those like asset rejiggers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, um, okay, so Dead Island Two, it is set. Okay, so it is set in California's. But what? Oh God, why? Why? Oh man, because like Dead Island. Okay, so it changed hands to Jaeger Development, and then which got and and then got changed to Sumo Digital, and then they got replaced, and now Deep Silver's Dam Buster, which was Crytek UK previously, took over a couple of years ago. Okay, so. Yeah, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and another area in California. Um, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, so they could have they could have just made like a fictitious island off the coast of America, and be like, this was like, oh, you know, this was a tax haven for the rich. Or they could have literally oh. done it on Hawaii. Like, you know what I mean? I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't anyway. really matter though, does it? <laughs> yeah, like, I, right. like I love the idea of it being LA. Even yeah. though you're right, like a tax haven would be. Kind <laughs> yeah, but of why is it? But why is it called Dead Island? Anyway, maybe yeah. it's. Yeah, who knows? Maybe it's like um, a metaphor, dude. It's like you know, like it's an island because they're so these people are so detached from reality that they're like in their own world, man. This yeah. is deep. I, I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, but, sorry. Yeah, no, yeah, no. That like that wraps up Gamescom's opening night. All the announcements. Yeah. Um, Jeff yeah. Keighley's Gamescom opening night live. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, eventually you'll be commanding like the entire year of game announcements. Pretty much. Eventually. Like, yeah. like, is this somehow a continuation of Summer Games Fest in some weird way? Is this the summer of games that Jeff Keighley presents gaming? Is this like, I, I don't know, like. Yeah, it's like the Summer Games Fest cinematic universe or something. Pretty much. It's like, next, it's, it's like there's a teaser know, trailer for Gamescom at the end. <laughs> Tokyo Game Show 2023 is somehow opened by Jeff Keighley. And he's speaking <laughs> Japanese. <laughs> Perfectly. Um, yeah. And then Hideo Kojima's with him. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my God. Anyway, speaking of smart Japanese people, let's yes. go on to the other news. 
Yes, yes. So the the other like awesome piece of news is uh, Masahiro, Mr. Masahiro Sakurai, who everyone knows as the. Well, I guess everyone should know is like one of. I think he's the co-creator of Kirby, but he's definitely known to be the creator of, and and like the the series producer of the creative director of the um, Super Smash Brothers series. Uh, very well-known, I guess, workaholic. He's dedicated... I think he's, like, literally, like, sacrifices health and his marriage in order to satisfy player demand. I think I think so, yeah. I feel like there were stories about Masahiro Sakurai's marriage, like, kind of being affected oh, by... That really like, adds a bit of a <laughs> edge to Smash Brothers to me. Yeah, me. Um, I think so, but... Uh, I don't know, yeah. But apparently, um, he set up the studio with his wife. So, I don't know. I feel like there was something. I feel like there was some weird thing. But anyway, never mind. Um, maybe I'm thinking of other Japanese developers who have been like horribly affected by crunch and everything like that, which is very commonplace for a, a lot of Japanese devs. But essentially, uh, Mr. Sakurai has set up a new project where he's got a, a YouTube channel or a pair of YouTube channels, one of them exclusively in Japanese, the other one with English subtitles, where he basically breaks down game development in an easy to understand, I, from, from I guess the pitch he made uh, in a YouTube video is, you know, he wants to break down the concepts of game development in such a way that it's not, um, it, it's not super technical, like something like a GDC presentation. But it's not so, like, kind of um, detached from development, like something like a, a typical game critique, you know, kind of piece. It's somewhere in between where it's coming from someone who is a well-seasoned developer who understands the technical aspects but wants to explain it in a way that makes people appreciate the way games are made and, and perhaps even makes them enjoy their games a bit more. Um, and this is something that he, he actually makes clear um, in, in his... I guess, introductory video. The other thing he also wants to do is like use real game footage. He can, He's already got some permission to use things from like Smash Brothers and Kirby, which, uh, you know, which uh, he's got permission from Nintendo. He makes it clear that he's not endorsed by Nintendo. This is not a Nintendo project. This is his own project. And he very well expects to be, you know, videos to be taken down or reach not to like have as many people. But the fact that he's like got like you know, 229,000 subscribers on his English channel in the first day is kind of... I think he's going to be fine. <laughs> I think he'll be all right. Um, mm. I kind of want him to make a Patreon so that I can, um, like, support him a bit more. But, hey, I already Spend bought... Spend more money. <laughs> yeah. I, I bought Smash Brothers Ultimate, so I, I think I've technically given him some money. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. Um, the other... The other uh, big, big announcement from a, a brilliant yet controversial Japanese mind is uh, Hideo Kojima um, announcing that he's working on a podcast uh, that's, I guess, uh, being um, funded by Spotify. Uh, so the 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 podcast is called Brain Structure. There's already kind of like a primer episode, or like a like a episode zero out now, introducing what the podcast will be about. And the podcast is uh, set to debut next uh, next month, uh, officially. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, that'll be interesting. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, 
yeah, yeah i'm no curious else, what yeah. it is because it's like it's it like like sakura's youtube channel it's being released in both japanese and english yeah which makes me think it's going to be scripted i guess like it has to be yeah i think so I, i'm like i'm curious about what that means about like what like maybe it's the same thing if it's, it's called brain structure maybe it really is just a similarly like you know about the creation of stuff he makes yeah yeah Either that or it's just Hideo Kojima reading through a, a anatomy, a neuroscientist like textbook, which I, I think it would be equally interesting because yeah, it's Kojima. That's also good, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But somehow it's a some sort of commentary on on information control or whatever <laughs> whatever he wants to come up with next. Um but yeah, John, we also got a new controller. Uh, that was yep. uh, announced during opening night live, but uh, we've got some more details about it. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yep. Um, it is called the DualSense Edge. So this is basically their answer to, or PlayStation's answer to the Xbox Elite console um, Controller. controllers. Mm. Yep, that's the word. <laughs> um, so it will have customizable controls. Um, you can change the stick caps. You can change, there's back buttons as well. Mm. Um, and you can also customize stuff like the travel distance for the triggers. And you can change, you can save controls for individual games as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that kind of sums up, actually. Um, yeah, it's yeah. like it, like a lot of it is like DualSense plus extra features yeah. and price tag because these controls are already real expensive. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if there is a price tag for it. But I don't think so just there. yet, but there will be soon. Um, yeah. But one thing is one thing that I wish it allowed you to do, which whew, a lot of other kind of like third-party controllers that you do is um, fix the placement of the joysticks because I hate the fact that the joysticks are both at the bottom. For shooters, I I vastly prefer having for everything except a fighting game. I vastly prefer having the left analog stick where the D-pad is, like swapping those positions, like on the Xbox controller. I find that much more ergonomic. For yeah, me personally, it doesn't have that. It doesn't yeah. seem, but maybe the dual sense does feel like one of those controls where it isn't easily tinkered with in the internal. Yeah. And I think like it would outrage because I'm sure like for every person like me, I'm sure there's eight thousand people screaming that like you know the the PlayStation controller is the most economic thing you know whatever ever made, and you can never <laughs> mess with the formula. Yeah, how dare you demand options? How dare I? How dare I? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also. Yeah. It, um, on the uh, topic of PlayStation, mm. um, PlayStation's also announced the number of price increases for the PS5. Um, this was as I, as you were talking, I found this information. Oh, which I was kill not aware me. of. Yeah, so it, it's a, across everywhere except the US, basically. Um, specifically for the US, it means that the PS5 with the disc drive will now cost eight hundred dollars, and the digital edition will now cost six hundred and fifty dollars, which yeah so let's see it's australia yeah <laughs> so it's like a 50 dollar increase i think right yeah yeah that's because it, it, mm. it was 749.95 for the the disc version in australia previously so it's going to become 7.99 um let's just see if ps4 yeah it's yeah they're blaming the supply chain issues and stuff which yeah I, okay fine yeah, they're not the only company doing it. Yeah, because um, yeah. the Meta Quest did the same thing kind of recently as well. Um, 
But also, um, I mean, maybe this is moot because not that anyone can buy PSYs of retail anyway. So <laughs> if anything, this is like a discount <laughs> compared to like whatever people are paying for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's still being scalped. Yeah, but anyway. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I thought yeah, like I thought there was something else to say. Um, but um, yeah. Lastly, a big update for Battlefield incoming. Um, yes. Finally. So uh, over the weekend or earlier this week, Dice released a, a kind of like a development update on its blog, talking about what's happening for season two of Battlefield twenty forty two and beyond. Essentially. Um, <laughs> Apparently, uh, some players have been very vocal about the issues with Battlefield 2042, uh, funnily enough. Um, so, um, I could talk about... So, basically, in se- in the upcoming Season 2, there's going to be new uh, more weapons. Um, also, more weapons coming from Classic Battlefield coming into uh, the regular playlist. Um, also, there's going to be uh, another map being reworked and added in Season 2, as well as a new sidearm. Um, there's also going to be uh, refreshes of the existing renewal and orbital maps, and then uh, let's see, they're going to happen in update 2.0, which is going to also bring its own map. So these are all things um, that are going to happen in the future. But uh, let's see, the thing that really matters is that the specialist system that I think everyone hates. <laughs> It's being overhauled. So essentially what's going to happen is that um, instead of a whole bunch of specialists that can do pretty much everything that you can imagine in a Battlefield game, what they're going to do is they're going to now group those specialists according to the classic uh, classes of, uh, you know, uh, let's see, uh, I had them here. So Assault, which was kind of like the, the healer, like kind of the general soldier slash healer class, the, the recon, which is all about, you know, kind of reconnaissance, sniping, drones and stuff. Your support character, which would have your ammo box, like your your the one with the heavy machine gun and your, your ammo refills and stuff. And then you had your engineer, who usually had like a carbine or like a submachine gun and then could repair uh, like vehicles and, and things like that. So essentially, the existing characters, uh, existing specialists, instead of being so broad and being able to pretty much do anything, so you never know who, you never really know who can heal you, who can repair you, who can any, do anything, it looks like what they're going to do is they're going to rework them so that the gadgets that they have uh, will be restricted based on the function as part of their class. So you will still have specialists, but they're going to be grouped according to those classes to fulfill the roles of healer, you know, healer slash damage dealer mechanic you know like you know support player like and and and, you know like kind of the 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 recon sniper class which i think is a huge thing so okay so there's also going to be improvements to the way like the animation so their posture their their voice their voices their facial expressions because there were quite a few memes um yeah and also the the main thing is that uh, the other thing is that uh, weapons will not be restricted, so you can still pretty much play with any weapon, uh, which is, uh, hmm, I don't know, I think, but then again, I'm, I'm one of those people who really liked the way Battlefield was before, I didn't know why that to kind of fuck with it, but anyway, um, yeah, this is, the, this is a step in the right direction, so don't expect any update like this to happen very soon, this is going to be like a season three, um, 
which is going to be like second half this year. No, let's see. Okay. Uh, let's see. Planning to feature in season three later this year. Okay. Yeah, this is yeah. like in the article I'm looking at. It says like currently gearing up to launch season two, so it's it's very far away. Yeah, yeah, but the end of the year is not that far away. So anyway, maybe by December we'll see what's going to happen. Right. I'm just worried because EA is already talking about the next Battlefield, <laughs> and like how that's mm-hmm. going to definitely have a single player campaign. So it's like, you know, what if we come comes down to it and it's just like, oh, actually we we're, we're scrapping this and we're just going to f- shift 100% of development to the new battlefield and we want to make sure we get that right from launch mm. you know what I mean I think it's like I think it's just kind of yeah it's not really okay but I think it's with 2042 it's like is there really much more potential to get more money from it yeah like in the end like it's yeah I, I can understand that decision if that's the idea but it's not it sucks <laughs> like yeah. it's like the fact that they, like if it'll be nice if they actually end up leaving 2042 in a decent spot like you know just so like as they move on from it it's not terrible <laughs> and like it actually has people yeah. playing it like that, i think that that's not the worst place to leave it if that's the goal yeah no that's like i might even yeah. stop playing it yeah like that's the thing like battlefield can be a lot of fun but it's just like there were the, the frustrating thing was like there was like i don't know there was a lot of doing nothing or like just running from one objective to another because there weren't enough vehicles or the distances were so far or like there weren't enough fortifications so you're just basically running around in the open so it's 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 cool to see that they're kind of listening to the feedback and moving forward but yeah i'm worried that it's a bit too little too late and even ea doesn't have the faith in this game so i don't know maybe um yeah maybe Maybe this will be the thing that fulfills my quest for my new shooter. Maybe this is going to be the right shooter after all, because yeah, you know, it's been a it's been a while, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, especially because I, I love the Battlefield series. I really, really love it. Um, but you know, Battlefield One and Five didn't really do it for me. Um, and I think for a lot of people, like that, they do the thing where they they hate the new Battlefield and then they appreciate that battlefield whenever the next one comes out suddenly they have all these really fond memories of a game that they were trashing like a year ago <laughs> but, but yeah. such is life i guess in the in the, in the modern gaming landscape mm. yeah yeah it's um yeah it, it actually kind of makes me think it's like i guess this is dice's like um anthem moment because mm. bioware had anthem and crashed spectacularly yeah and then now they seem to be kind of going back to basics with Dragon Age, sort of like they kind of seem to have the backing to kind of you know go make a good traditional game, and it kind of makes you think it's like now <laughs> we're in twenty forty two. With uh twenty forty two, it's you know that one crashed hard, so it's like okay, yeah. go make a good one. Hundred <laughs> percent. We won't tinker with this one too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's that's going to do it for the news for this week. Um, unless something else breaks before. <laughs> <laughs> while we're recording yeah, <laughs> inevitably um yep. but yeah that's going to do it for the news uh let's uh let's move on over to the chit chat section
so John, I had the chance to watch Prey. Um, mm. A couple of, uh, I was going to say what I was going to say uh, over the weekend, um, which was the the new movie set in the Predator universe, but probably does a better job of kind of telling the story of you know of you know a supernatural like kind of supernatural super powered alien being taking on an underpowered human threat uh, and through ingenuity like through the things that make us human we we succeed over um you know some this I guess allegory for colonialism, which I think is very appropriate here. Um, I agree with everything you said, where it's kind of like the best Predator film. <laughs> yeah, I really. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's not really setting a high bar, but I really like this. Um, I think it was a lot of fun, and I think um, uh, it was like a very kind of like n- not novel, but like it, it was very. Um, Kind of refreshing. riveting, uh, yeah, refreshing, so to speak, and and they had a lot of practical effects in this. Apparently, like the the actual like suit for the predator was like like real. The guy actually wore oh. it, and he was blind for most of it because he couldn't see anything. <laughs> he basically, apparently, he used um he could like when he put the head, like the the predator the prosthetic head on he could his head was t- he was just looking down the whole time. So he had sticks on the ground that were like telling him where to go. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's like a very, it was, it was so cool. Um, but I watched it, I didn't realize that there was a, there were, there are two versions of it on Disney Plus. There's the mm. standard one where they're speaking English and there's one where they're actually speaking the Comanche language, which is, yeah. um, they're meant to be a Comanche tribe, but it was so weird how they were moving between English and Comanche. And I, I found that really like weird. Because right. like technically she knew English, because there was that you know that kind of no that guy was talking Comanche to her. Okay, yeah. See, I didn't know that because there were times when she was speaking Comanche. There were times when people are speaking Comanche and then there's English. So I'm like, you know what I mean? It's it's weird. It, it was really freaking me. It was really messing with my head. So I think if I watched it in the Comanche language, it would have made a lot more sense. Right. Yeah, yeah, because I only watched like uh, the first. Oh, well, I tried watching the first time in the Comanche version. And oh, then okay. I, I got distracted, <laughs> and then like so, I watched like the first like twenty minutes in Comanche, and like it, it's good. Like it's only like slightly distracting because it's like a dub. Unfortunately, it's a pity. Oh, but it's, like, it, um, oh. But it's, um, and then like when I went back to watch the full thing, I just like started from the start in English because it's like, oh, I'm sure it's good, you know. Like I just didn't really, yeah. Anyway, doesn't matter. Yeah. But you know, um, one thing I'll say is, you know, Bahubali Triple R and stuff. Yeah. So those movies are shot simultaneously in multiple languages. Whoa. Okay. So there's like a Telugu and a Tamil version. There's a Hindi. Like the Hindi one, I think, is a dub. But I think the depending on which of the films, um, they're actually shot in either one simultaneously oh, okay. so that I think the the move, the mouth and everything kind of matches. So why the hell can't they do that for this? 
Or, well, or just yeah. make it Comanche. Like, why not just make that, that? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I don't disagree, but I, I think it's amazing it even got a Comanche dub. That yeah, all. I mean, that's like, awesome. It, like, that's like, a really cool thing to happen in, like, a big budget Predator movie, you know? Yeah. Like, it's, I do agree. I, I think it would have been really cool to have, like, a full language version, yeah. Yeah, and I love the fact that in this film, like, the, 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 the white people, so to speak, are just, like, they're just... They're like depicted in the way that uh, ethnic people are usually depicted in Western films, where right. they're just like you don't know you don't know what they're saying. They just sound crazy and savage. But in mm. this, the depiction is that the Comanche tribe, the the native Indi- the Native Americans are the civilized people, and the Westerners, the 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 European, the colonists, the colonizers are the ones who are uncultured, which I think was really like. Really cool. I really appreciated yeah. that. Um, like Triple R again. I mean, not <laughs> yes. the same thing. This, is, you know, this, like, this definitely had that Triple R vibe. Yeah. Yeah, like, cause, yeah, <laughs> just it's like the word savage comparison. is a good word to use. <laughs> it's like, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, but in this case, it was the French. Like, the the guy speak French. Like a very oh, is that what version it was? of French. Okay, I, never actually, I didn't actually figure it out. I, I, fir- I was like trying to figure I'm like, is this I Dutch thought they might have been Dutch or something, French, but I was getting yeah. confused with Australian. <laughs> Oh yeah, I think they like were French first... technically, right? Because oh, I think they, they yeah, because it was like I think in one of the th- scenes, the guy, one of the guys, literally says "merde," which means like shit. Ah. It's like an exclamation of like the word "shit" in French. So that was like, um, yeah, interesting there. Um, but yeah, it was. I was just like watching this. This is this is so cool, and like it's just one of those movies where like there wasn't a boring moment, and you could really, um, like it's. It was weird because it's like okay, it's it's like anti-colonial, and it's also like, also anti-sexist. Like there's like multiple layers. There's lots of multiple messages here, which I guess maybe is a bit kind of on the nose, but, um, yeah, it was kind of cool. Like you know. Uh, you know, I don't want to be a, like, you know, she was like, I don't want to be a, um, you know, I, I don't, I want to be like a warrior. I want to be a hunter. I don't want to be like just like a typical woman who just gives birth and, and like, apparently like prepares skin for like, <laughs> for wearing or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, unlike um, every other Predator movie, from what I remember, yeah. it had a character arc. Yes. There's a, there's a genuine change. Um, yeah. whereas like, you know, in the first movie, like Arnold Schwarzenegger starts off as a badass commando and ends with like a badass commando. He doesn't really have an yeah, arc. Except he's, except out now he's alone because all his friends are dead. <laughs> dead. Whereas it. in this one, there's like, she goes from like, you know, um, kind of the, the tomboy kind of stereotype of like wanting to prove herself, uh, to then becoming like, I guess the tribe's strongest warrior. And, and earning the respect of a tribe. Um, fun fact. Yeah, like fulfilling yeah. her potential. Yeah. Also, yeah. I, I was a kind of tripped. At, also, I was the entire movie, I was like, pl- uh, about the dog. I was like, please let him survive. Please let. Because there's so many hints that is something bad's going to happen to him. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I was so happy when that, um, like, somehow this magic dog survived. <laughs> I feel like. like- yeah. filmmakers now like now because it's like I, I think it's just been um hammered into the ground you know the yeah. uh, like the emotional limit 
manipulation of killing a pet yeah. or an animal in general. Like I never like it. It's like I know what's happening, and I like I don't like. I think it's yeah. like the effectiveness of it has like it hasn't like gotten less effective so much as people can see through it and they get angry. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I didn't want to like... feel that way, and I could see you doing it from the start of the movie. Yeah, it's like um, it's like the the 2010s the 2020s equivalent of they took my daughter <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like like you yeah, know when, when it's like your wife getting killed or raped now it's like your animal getting hurt and you're getting revenge or something you know like it's just unnecessary kind of easy motivation but yeah it was yeah. it was it's kind of cool um uh, apparently so you know how at the end she okay the spoilers <laughs> if you don't know already you know how she hands that uh, you know how she gets that gun from that guy who I who I thought was speaking English to her, but apparently was speaking Comanche, uh, <laughs> which makes sense now. Um, so apparently that gun, that pistol, is the same one that was given by the Predator at the end of Predator 2 to the Danny Glover character. It had the same engravings okay. on it and stuff. So Okay. Yeah. I, don't, I was saying this before we recorded that the only thing I remember about Predators 2 is how angry Danny Glover is in that movie. Yeah. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> yeah, well, it was basically like... That was like Predator in Los Angeles, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I got I, I to watch it. Um, but yeah, I don't think it'll hold up. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think any of them do. I haven't seen... Have you seen Predators? The one that was the, um, the, the weird a- Adrian Brody Yeah, I remember movie? being really excited for that when it came out. And then it was yeah. like, it's pretty mediocre like i don't think it's bad at all oh, but it's oh. like it's not it. no it's like it's not the worst thing it could be predator 2 it's not predator 2 it's a pretty forgettable it's got gotcha. a cool premise and stuff but it's not it doesn't quite get to where it could be sort of yeah thing. well i had a lot of fun with Pre- uh, alien versus predator i think th- i thought that was a lot of dumb fun you could definitely tell where the budget was not there for that one but um yeah i want to watch alien versus predator requiem which i think is the sequel yeah. Oh, or yeah. spiritual I said, sequel. I, I don't know. What I it said is. it last time we talked about prey, but yeah. I do really like. Well, I mean, other people might think differently. I think it's like I do like how, in my mind at least, it really took away. Like it kind of returned to the point that predators are big game hunters who are dicks. Like they're not yeah. nice or fair. Like the whole point, yeah. you know, like there's the illusion of honor, but it's not really honor. It's just like rules yeah. they make up for, to make themselves feel better. But otherwise, they're still just preying on you know, small animals to them. Yeah. Like in this one, like 100%, like they've just, like if they don't fucking survive the hunt, it's because they're dumb. Because think of how overpowered they are. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the point to me. It's like, I don't like, I've seen a lot of people say it's like, oh, they have honor, they have a code and stuff. And it's like, they they do, but they're not, they're not meant to be like, like respectable. Because I think that's what the Alien vs. Predator movies did, right? Like that's kind of like, because the Predator is kind of the good guy in the first one. Sort of. Yeah, it turns out to be well only because he's trying to fucking survive as well. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Um, yeah, and like in the and then yeah, well, and then the the chick in the first one like she earns the respect of the the predator because of um the uh because she does survive and kills an alien and then yeah, she that's gets all, branded. That's actually like the that only well. moment I remember is her being given some spiky stabby thing. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, like the staff or the javelin or whatever it was is a sign of respect. And then like the cliffhanger where it's like, okay, we rescued this predator um, from a f- a, like 
Okay, so they rescued the predator from a dungeon that's filled with aliens, but didn't think to screen the or quarantine the predator just in case an alien got inside of it. <laughs> you, like oh, that's okay. the cliffhanger at the end of the first Alien vs Predator is that there's a, a there's a chest burster or whatever in front inside him. Oh, that's okay. like the cliffhanger that at the end. It's like you, you, you think that's the first thing they would have done. Oh, sorry, I thought you watched it. No, you have seen it, but like years ago. I'm joking. It's very old. Sorry. Yeah. It's like 2003. Yeah. Um, But yeah. Anyway. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Speaking Um, of more confusing language choices, I just want to quickly talk about uh, Tekken Bloodlines, (laughs) which, uh, uh, number one, it's only six episodes. It's, okay. It's the the Netflix fake anime... uh, retelling of Tekken 3 the game story oh, okay. so it's like a retelling of Tekken 3 stories but with the Tekken 6 and 7 character like like with new characters and stuff in there right and so the great things the characters are like really like similar to um uh like the game like they're very close to it they the, even the animations of the moves that they do use in the games are very accurate they even have the same spark effects when they make different types of hits a block versus like a like a, a big hit versus a light hit which i think was super cool i really appreciated that the japanese voice cast is really cool the english voice cast was very dumb i like yeah, it's a real bad <laughs> yeah i watched i watched the first two episodes and the second one, I was like kind of switching. I, I immediately, like in the first episode, I switched back. I switched to Japanese pretty quickly. And the second one, I switched between yeah. English and Japanese a few times. I'm like, man, the guy who voices Hayachi in English is it's... really bad. <laughs> yes. It's just like, so the, okay. That's the thing. So the, the, the Japanese voice actor for Hayachi is suitably badass, right? And sounds, I think it was the same voice actor. I think it, I, is it the same as the games? I, I kind of that, assumed it was. I, th- I think the original voice actor for Hihachi has passed away, but I think it's like, I think it's like a similar type of voice, right? Okay. Whereas the voice actor for Jin is the same voice actor since Tekken Three, which is weird because I'm sure he's aged like 25 years, but he's playing like a 16 year old at the beginning of the show. And okay, so I I did what you did. I I did. I, okay, but I, I I think I made thirty seconds into the first episode, and I had to, I was just like they oh, just. Okay. Well, uh, the thing yeah. I was thrown off by is that on at least in Australia, I don't know if it's listed some elsewhere, but it's like yeah. in Australia, like in in the audio options, it says English original, original. in print. Yes. It's like, and then like you switch to Japanese, it's like okay, the voices are clearly synced to this one. Yes, like, and it's also right. <laughs> the the all the all the mouth animations line up with the Japanese audio. Yeah, right. Which is like, why would you lie to me, Netflix? Like, <laughs> yeah. But the annoying thing is, um, and this is what Netflix does with all of its anime, is that it does it doesn't do proper translations for the subs. All it does is basically just the subtitles are just the English script written out, yeah, which doesn't match well. with the with some of the meanings of the sentences, um, which was so frustrating. But I will say that you know the Japanese voice cast is really good, um, but it is weird, like <laughs> um, like hearing Paul Phoenix and hearing. Nina Williams and hearing uh, Leroy Smith, who are like American slash British characters speaking 
Like, I know... I don't know if you've played the Tekken games, but in, in the Tekken in the Tekken games, everyone speaks their own language, but the, yet they all understand each other, right? Mm-hmm. I wish they did that for this. <laughs> I know it wouldn't yeah, make sense, but it doesn't make sense in the games either. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, why didn't they do a... Why didn't they pull a prey and just give everyone their own language? <laughs> right? Yeah. And I was annoyed that... um. So the mum who dies very early, she's like an actual main character in the in Tekken 2 and her name is Jun Kazama. But they don't call her that in the subtitle like kind of like you know they've got like Jin and then colon and then the lion, but instead they just call her mum. <laughs> right. And well, same, I figured it was yeah. from Jin's perspective. Like I, I didn't I only watched the first two episodes, so I, I, didn't I know, really... but it's like it just rubbed me the wrong way. <laughs> it okay. just I don't know, just just give her we know who she is. Like you don't have mm. to say mom. Um but yeah. also um same thing with Ganryu, who was like the sumo wrestler who was the bodyguard of Haihachi. Like they just call they didn't even give him I don't even think they even give him a name. Right. Like you don't really know who he is. Um I I mean I mean if you're a fan of the series you probably know who he is given the fact that he's like, you know, the only sumo wrestler that really reference in it but it's like it's so silly and uh, it was uh, it's just so dumb i i wish it was longer i i wish it was 10 episodes yeah it's um because i watched the first two episodes again yeah and like i was really shocked by how both bad <laughs> the first episode was i i i, I was sure bad it i feel like it was a total waste of time <laughs> It's like 20 minutes long or so, and it yeah. accomplishes so little in terms of story. And then as I got past the first episode, it's like, wait, there's only six episodes? Like, how'd they waste this much time on this part of the story? Yeah. Whereas, like, the training montage of him moving, for, like, you know, becoming... Yeah, exactly. It, apparently, that's four years. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, like, no, I was thinking, like, oh, yeah. this will be a good first episode, and then you can kind of... Sp- I mean, this is getting into the weeds a bit, but it's like, yeah. I thought the second episode would be a good first episode because I think that gets you into the world of Tekken and Jin and everything quite yeah. well. Yeah. And then you can just have flashbacks with the mum later and her like really lame lines about like laughing about, like chuckling about like, you know, the strength in the body <laughs> and mind or whatever. It's like they say that and they chuckle. It's like, what are you laughing like, about? I know you've got power. Like, I want you to apologize to this boy. Like, it's just like, they're like teaching all these dumb lessons. Like these are stupid lessons. I don't know. It's just like it's like it's yeah. It's like silly in that sense, but it's also like man, I've seen this story like six times. I don't need to see it. Tekken yeah, version again. it's it's literally Uncle Ben from Spider Man, <laughs> right? Yeah, like it, like it felt like it's like, and it's like the whole episode. You know, I was thinking because yeah. I was like watching through the first one, and I was complaining yeah. loudly because that's how I think. I think out loud. I was, I was complaining. <laughs> You're like loudly me. About how- <laughs> yeah, I do that. Yeah, I do it with everything. Oh, I was like, I was thinking about how, like, the, as someone who's a very casual fan of Tekken, yeah, who like I've played, I played a few of them, yeah, but that's like it doesn't go very far. And like, I was thinking about how, like, when I think about Tekken's like story and world, I primarily think uh, maybe it's just got a seven as well. I primarily mm. think of like the political machinations of the Mashima family. That's how I think of it. I, yeah, and yeah. how weird it is beyond it is, that. It and is. I think it's like. That's, fucked up the story in Tekken. It's like I want to, I want to, I want stuff about Jin, Kazuya, and Haihachi. Yeah, their their kind of squabbles as like this corporate superpower. Yes, with kung fu in it. 
like none of it makes much sense but that's kind of what i define tekken as and i was thinking, yeah Man, just had none spending of that. 20 minutes on like this really over familiar poorly done family it's like, thing it's like, like it's, oh oh by the way the head of this multi-billion dollar mega corporation this kid's been here for like three days i'm just gonna take him right up to you as your bodyguard <laughs> <laughs> because he he says he's your grandson. Nothing to prove it. He just says he's your grandson. <laughs> well, yeah, I figured he just kind of knows enough to go like, oh, okay, this could be true. But like, yeah, yeah I go, man. And like, um, how, uh, <laughs> he's like, granddad's like, were you fighting that day? <laughs> it's like, and then he discovered him. That's how we found out about your whereabouts. Because yeah. apparently like, that was the only fight. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this about the rest of the series. Like, it does the. You can tell the budget was very low because all the flashbacks about his mom and stuff, whatever that happens, is only from that one day in his life. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> oh. are you going to watch the rest of the series? I mean, there's only four episodes. Maybe. Yeah. It depends on if there's. Is there anything worth it? <laughs> like, I, I, I definitely it. had fun with it. Um, it is okay. very ridiculous. I, I love. Yeah, I, I will say as well. It's like I thought the second episode was quite good. Like I actually quite Compar- enjoyed compared the to the episode. first one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, especially compared to it, I like it. But it's yeah. not just that it should have been the first episode. It's like okay, this is kind of closer to what I expected and was. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it was done at a quality that was like the writing and everything seemed like. Yeah, just, I don't know. Everything about it was more compelling and effective. It is. It is. Yeah. yeah. And and the thing is, like the first one, like um, like they, the, like you know, we just meant to know. Like, if you know the Tekken lore, essentially, it's like, uh, Kazuya, who is, you know, Haihachi's son, the father of Jin, the ex-partner of Jun Kazama, uh, was, like, horribly evil, but is presumed dead. But in this, you have no context for anything. You're just like, okay, there's this Japanese kid in a forest. He gets picked on by these kids who look exactly, who look like him, but for some reason, he's an outsider. None of that is explained. And then his mom... Uh, in like instead of like his mom just like teaches him how to fight, but she does. But somehow he masters this ancient Kazama technique in one afternoon, and then in that same afternoon, his mom like it's it's just so many of those. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it if it, if it had more. Yeah, if it like you know, I w- I wish it had. Um, you know. I guess they knew. I guess Netflix and the creators knew who this was for. This show was for people who are already Tekken fans who already knew the law and could fill in the gaps. Whereas, just because of yeah, yes, sure, that's one thing. But you could have um, you could have still showed more. You know what I mean? Yeah, because like gaps in stuff like that is like it's not innately bad because they yeah. tend to like even if you don't have the knowledge, you can go like it kind of expands the world in a kind of like white space sort of yeah. way you know like it adds it adds to the world in a like inverse inverse yeah. way there's, but um yeah there's not even like teasers like, about him questioning who his father was and stuff they, they could right. have done a little bit more of that before um going into like he, the whole thing about his dad and stuff doesn't come up until like you're into the, the third episode and stuff there i think that's when wow. um i think you i think you might you'll if you liked episode two i think you'd like the, the other ones like and, and the fighting okay. in it the animation is still pretty cool, and and yes, uh, the character of King, uh, does he still only speaks in Jaguar growls? That I'll, I'll <laughs> say that much. Um, oh, good. Yeah. Um, Which uh, yeah, 
um, it's it's just ridiculous. Like, it's just uh, you. I think you. Should, yeah, it's it's not that yeah. long. So I'll, I think I'll get, I'll watch, get, I'll watch it. the rest. Yeah. It's, it's if fun. I have any more thoughts next week, it's it's fun. But you yeah. will do what I do. You, I wonder if you'll do what I do. Is like every time there's a new character. I switch to English to hear what the English voice is like, and then I switch back to Japanese because I just want to know who did they I, get I, to play it and how did they characterize is, it. Is anyone as funny as Hihachi is? Uh, mm, no, but but there's definitely like the voice of Paul Phoenix and the voice for like um like Leroy and Nina like definitely sound better in in English. Um, okay. Yeah, but the the Hihachi voice actor is very. It's very. It, it reminded me a lot of like. Japanese Dragon Ball, like Japanese Goku, where it doesn't fit the character. It just, to me, doesn't fit the character. Uh, yeah, sure. That's like that's like a whole other thing. Yeah, I think yeah. like Hayashi feels like I voiced him. It's like <laughs> it's like somewhat like some young guy voiced like put, putting on a pretty unfortunate impersonation and of he, an and old man. And he just like, and, and he he has no gravitas. Whereas a Japanese yeah. voice actor definitely has like that presence, you know, that guttural yeah. presence you need. Where, <laughs> Yeah, it's like the contrast <laughs> is like a big part of it as well. Like it's it's not good in the first place, but it's like yeah. when you're switching back, it's like man, it's just <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, and I think like Jin's characterization in English is very like um, I don't know, very like '90s like teen movie. I don't know how to describe it. I like uh, maybe that's a bit too f- unfair, but I don't know. Maybe the way they directed his voice was like very like I don't know, very uh, very like lacking <laughs> yeah like as if like he's not kind of short like he has no self-confidence in a weird way i don't know how to really describe it whereas in japanese like <laughs> he definitely sounds like someone who, who who's got who's capable and is uncovering a mystery but knows that you know he's got a destiny to fulfill whereas the other one the in the english he's just kind of like lame I don't know. Yeah. Even the bullies <laughs> sounded lame, man. The bullies yeah, in the first episode. Like, cause, yeah, because they're like the first things you hear, and it's like all the voices seem wrong. It's like the <laughs> yeah. big, like the big fat one, like the yeah. bully. He's like talking. It's like, wait, that's not. It's like right a voice. dweeb. Like he sounds like yeah. a dweeb. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll be interested to hear what you think about it next next week. Yeah, if, well, if you um, watch it well, this if, week. If I don't have too many more thoughts, I think we've talked about Tekken enough. <laughs> enough, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see if um, I've got any more ideas. Yeah. But, well, um, speaking of um, Dragon Ball, you yeah, watched Dragon uh, Ball we're, Super. We're closing in on two hours, so I'll I just know. go about Dragon Ball, um, yeah. which is the only thing really worth talking about. Yeah. Um, I watched Dragon Ball Super Superhero. Um, it's the new 3D animated Dragon Ball movie. Yeah. Um, that just opened worldwide in English dub. Okay. I really liked it because I kind of went in That's going good. with like kind of lowish expectations because I yeah. kind of I, I think that was just because of early leaks from the Japanese showings like kind of like revealing a lot of the mm. big things that happened in yeah. the movie. A lot of people took like pretty negative interpretations of it. Yeah, I, I'm not necessarily fully positive on all of it, but it's um having seen it, but it's like I it's so like character. It's very comedy centric. It's like there's a lot of humor in it, and it's a lot of like character heavy sort of stuff. Like, That's so good. Goku, Vegeta aren't really in it. You get like a little yeah. update on what what's happening with them, but otherwise they're just not really part of the plot. From when I saw the previews, it reminded me of like the kind of the comedy, like the character development, the kind of the self doubt that Gohan had during his Saiyan phase 
in the original series. So uh, this kind of reminded me of that. I don't know if it is, but um, it's kind of about that yeah. sort of stuff. A lot yeah. of it's like it's very like organic to where the characters are. Like, because so one of the things I really love about Dragon Ball as a series, as like in terms of like um the, you know, ending parts of it, is that everyone aside from Goku and Vegeta have love that aren't combat oriented you know like <laughs> yeah. they just like move they just move on like real humans do and like part of the story of this one is that aside from yeah aside from goku vegeta and piccolo because he doesn't do much else he um yeah. you know everyone has their own lives and now everyone's gotten kind of weak and so when there's like real danger and the heroes of their existence aren't just there to save them mm. it's like a problem you know and like that, it creates a lot of tension. That's like real. Like it, it works really well. And like, um, anyway, I guess my like, I'm not sure. I had like, I thought the animation was really strong. Mm. A lot of people, you know, like especially compared to Broly, which was very. Um, that, that was, was the, the first Super movie, right? No, that was the third one. There's oh, been two wow. ones before that. <laughs> okay. Um, Dragon Ball Super Broly was the last one, the previous one. That yeah. one was like in 2D with a whole new visual style. It's like yeah. really gorgeous. And this one is like a whole other thing where it's like really high quality 3D graphics that are like they've worked on it. So it like Brett generally looks 2D in stills. And because it's an anime, there's a lot of like still moments, you know? Yeah. But like that's kind of how that medium works. Gotcha. And like it's, I, I really enjoyed how it looks generally. It's, it's really cool to see this new style that isn't like, you know, it's like they don't fail at it. This like okay. it's very ambitious, I think, to convert yeah. um, Dragon Ball to 3D, and it's like I suppose hmm. Toriyama style has already been converted to 3D with Dragon I mean, Quest and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and also the like um, 30 years of Dragon Ball Z. I guess 20 years of Dragon Ball Z games as well. Um, fighting yeah, games. No, but that stuff, like, yeah, but like I wouldn't want the anime like main story stuff yeah. in that stuff to be like you know, that. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, like because. So Dragon Ball Super, does that start at the end of Dragon Ball Z Kai? Uh, or maybe. does it start like from a, the beginning like a, of Dragon Ball Z? It it starts at the end of the Boo Saga. Which is the end of Dragon Ball Z Kai. Kind of. Like yeah. there's like I'm not sure if Kai has the um there's like an end of Z section that okay. is like set like ten years later. This is super is set between those two periods of time. Yeah, and now it's um, it's actually getting pretty close to the <laughs> My that brain. time period now. Gotcha. And something, yeah. and something I, I mentioned last time we I talked at you about Dragon Ball. <laughs> talked at me. I, nice. Yeah, <laughs> that is what I did. Um, I did mention how like I'm very, I was very frustrated by um, you know how Videl, like yeah, she was female cast in general, and then she just becomes um, yeah, like a like yeah, just a damsel in distress, a, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, basically. Like well, the main part is that like she becomes like wife caricature. <laughs> it's like her like hair cut was? changes, her clothes changes, like everything about her is like okay. Now she's just Gohan's wife, oh. and now, now she's kind of loses all her combat or you know like all that stuff she was like defined by. Yeah. And now she's not. Anyway, my point is that the movie actually kind of retcons that a little bit. Thankfully, really? so now she's huh. like there's like she's barely in it, but she's like mentioning how she's like she's teaching. She has like a you know cr- like she basically has like a um martial arts class that's cool and she's like holding a tournament currently yeah and then um pan with who is videl and gohan's daughter she has like a big part in the story as like you know a three-year-old prodigy who's really charming and great in her own right and is just as powerful as all these other saiyan kids 
So it's like I don't know. I, I enjoyed that part of it because that's something oh, that's Dragon cool. Ball's really fallen Thank on fuck. a lot. Yeah, yeah. A small. It's a small thing. It's not like amazing, incredible. Suddenly, it's just yeah. like it's a nice. It's an improvement. Yeah. I got to get back to watching Dragon Ball Z Kai because I got to. I think the. Uh, um, I'm in the Android side because, like, the thing about it is, like, because it was so exhausting because it's so, like, because they get rid of all the filler episodes, it is very exhausting because I just go from one arc. It's just fight. Like, there's a lot of, like, high tension <laughs> yeah. straight into the next arc, so into the next one. So I had to take, a uh, like, a step back. So basically, I had the first Blu-ray release, which stopped at, I think, the end of the Cell Saga. So the Boo Saga wasn't made yet. So yeah. I've got that box set. So now I'm going to get... I'll get seasons, I guess, six to seven, which I think is the the Boo, like the full Boo saga, I'm pretty sure. So okay. I, I think I'm going to damn you. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say because, yeah, um, I'd be excited. I'd, I'd definitely be excited for um, uh, like, yeah, like catching up. Yeah, just to kind of like it. Super's like very like a superhero. It's very much a... Um, I think it's like fully entertaining in its own right. Mm. Like it's like because Broly was like Broly is really great, but it's especially great for fans, yeah, existing ones because it's very combat heavy and it has lots of really funny good moments in it. But this one's very, it's like all about it. Yeah. So it's like it only really drags when it gets into the action again because Dragon Ball action is like at at this you know late Dragon Ball stage. It's like it's it's not bad, but it's like it's very um. It's like having M- MCU people fight, like punching each other, and it's just like, okay, this is going on for five minutes and nothing's changed. So it's like, I mean, at some like, point, their power like, levels are so ridiculous that like, w- where can you go, right? Like that's basically what's happening. It's like, it's like I won't. I'm not trying to be like too dismissive of what it is. Like it's not. Yep. I don't. But it's like it's also like I'm too attached to Dragon Ball to see it fully <laughs> clearly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I'm I not sure that. how other people will see it, but it's yeah. um. Anyway, my yeah, my point is that it's a very good. I think it's like more viewable as like a new experience mm. for people who aren't really familiar with Dragon Ball or anything than most things. Even though there are a, re- gotcha. a lot of recaps of previous things in the series, so I'm not oh, sure. Okay. But it's it's very funny and it's very enjoyable to me. So. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, um, I think um, I'm gonna because I'm still watching. I'm gonna I'm go back to I, f- I want to finish Wolf's Reign, and then because. Spike's family isn't going to come back till October. I'm going to watch Trigun, which is like a classic oh, okay. anime from like 20 years ago, which apparently, I think that's also getting like its own re- remake, whatever. So it's I'll, getting like a yeah. prequel thing that's also yeah. 3D animated. It looks so, neat, but I want to watch yeah. that. And I guess like I fell off Attack on Titan, so I s- finished season one and like kind of the, the OVAs in between. So now I've got to go back and watch, I think from season two onwards have you seen attack on titan um i've seen most of it yeah and i've oh actually no i think i've only seen half of it technically i've read yeah. it though yeah yeah gotcha yeah so i'm, I'm like kind of catching up slowly but surely which my my the cool thing is my manager at work is a it's a he's a huge anime fan which is like okay. so cool and he's just like he's like dude how have you not seen i'm like i know i know i know um yeah <laughs> i know i'm very That's lucky good. to have that, <laughs> that type of situation <laughs> where i can like talk anime like apparently trigon is one of his favorite anime so if i tell him that, oh, I'm oh sure. you meant an impressive anime fan that's constantly pressuring you oh no 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 that would be uh 
That would be funny, actually. Th- th- I'm sure there's a sitcom there, like some sort of premise. My anime <laughs> fan boss. Oh, my weeb boss. My weeboo. My wee boss. My warrior boss. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? I think um, I think that's going to do it, man. I think we've... Uh, I don't know. Did you want to talk about the House of Dragon? <laughs> no, no. That's All enough. Right. Okay. Let's... Uh, Let's uh let's take it there, folks. Let's um take it to the end of the show. Um, yeah. As always. Double Jumper Radio is made possible thanks to the support of our wonderful members and patrons. Uh, patrons? Patrons? Patrons. How did I get that wrong? Um, you too can become a supporter of Double Jump today by going to doublejump.co slash memberships and supporting us either via the memberships on the website, um, via like a tip in the buy me a coffee, or via Patreon, um, patreon.com slash doublejump. Um, but yeah, uh, it's been, uh, once again, a lot of fun. Uh, I, I actually didn't expect it to go this long because I was like, oh yeah, we've only got that one news thing. But <laughs> clearly, I'm clearly I'm very passionate about prey or something <laughs> or Tekken. Tech. Uh, apparently, voice acting really triggers me. <laughs> <laughs> like you got, you have a lot to say about both Tekken and prey. Yeah. yeah, but it's like, yeah, no, it's like it didn't go. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was good though. Yeah, uh, but I'm glad that you had similar kind of thoughts that you had similar experiences where you about the way. You, uh, things were dubbed or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Had the exact same experience. Yeah, I was yeah. not expecting that honestly. <laughs> but yeah, no, that was um, that was uh, that was a lot of fun as well. But um, yeah, hopefully I'll have, maybe I'll I'll play some Battlefield this week and maybe I'll have something to to write home about about the new maps and stuff and I think the new season. I think it's out. I think so. I don't know. Um, it'll hopefully be out soon. But yeah, the new season's kicked off in Destiny. Maybe I'll have something to say about that. Or maybe I'll just keep playing Apex Legends. Who knows? We'll, uh, I guess we'll find out next week. But yeah, John, as always, thank you so much, my friend. And everyone at home, uh, look out for one another. Peace. <laughs>